0: Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombicure, the world messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode here on the Legacy Leader Show. I'm super excited to introduce you to someone who I know uh, not only just through social media and posts, right, but also through um, some of the backgrounds that I have chance to actually read and, and hear um, him uh, share a tons of wisdom. Obviously, he is a fantastic author, speaker, success coach, contributor to Forbes Coaches Council, uh, uh, one of my great colleagues there, and sharing always phenomenal insight. And I cannot wait for you guys to benefit from him as well. Without further ado, my guest is joining us from Detroit, Michigan, and I welcome Brian. Brian Bartes is with us here today. Brian, how are you?
1: I'm doing great today. Thanks, Isabella. I appreciate the wonderful introduction, and it's great to be on the show with you today.
0: Uh, Fantastic. Likewise, it's absolutely great to have you as a guest because I know how much breadth and width you have. And I really want to make sure that others also can really um, get a great reminder, but also great learning opportunity from you today. First of all, how is everything in Michigan? Uh, Because uh, I'm here in Colorado, we're kind of snowing a little bit in some parts of it up in the mountains, quite cold. Um, But I'm curious, how is everything going in your neck of woods?
1: Things in Michigan are very cold. We don't have quite as much snow probably as you do in Colorado, uh, but we do have a little bit. It was interesting. We got some snow, I think, in maybe November or early December, and then it actually all melted right before Christmas, so we didn't have a white Christmas uh, but we've since had a little bit of snow, and uh, we definitely have the, the cold temperatures of winter, uh, much to my chagrin. But um, it, it's a really beautiful time of the year in Michigan. And the wonderful thing about Michigan is we have all the four seasons, and I really love the fall, and I sort of endure the winter. And uh, before you know it, it'll be summer again. So that's the way it works.
0: Yes, I can relate to that, but I'm so glad that at least things are, you know, going well and no major ordeals, because as we look at the landscape, our fellow Canadians that are just across from you are on lockdown again and some other parts of of the Europe and other parts of the world. So I feel like we're lucky in many ways, aren't we?
1: Well, we are. And here in Michigan, we've been fortunate because we had a governor that um, you might remember early in the, the pandemic, the governor was one of the the more strict um, governors in, in terms of mandates and that sort of thing. And what's happening this year, though, Isabella, is that we're in an election year. And so last night she had the, the state of the state address. And interestingly, and, and this isn't a, a political commentary, but she's backed away from a lot of the very strong mandates that um, everybody around the country read about in the paper. And and she's not talking about those things nearly as much. And I think part of it is because we're obviously in a different climate today than we were, say, in, in March and April of 2020, and even over the last couple of years. Um, and then part of it, though, I, I think is uh, a little bit of political positioning. Um, she's had some some backlash and opposition to um, a lot of her policies, not just the COVID policies. But I I think she recognizes that if she wants to get reelected in November, that um, she needs to adjust a little bit. So that's where we're at here.
0: That is fantastic, and I'm so glad you shared that because what is really showing is when it's true crisis, right, when it's true danger, either it's in working environment or with the teams or people that we're responsible for, we have to figure it out, what do we do to preserve them, to help them as leaders of organizations, right, as, a, as, a, as a leaders of enterprise, not that it's only financially responsible, but it's also people responsibility there as well. And I love what you said, teams change, even in the two periods, of two years I can't believe that already is there uh, how much dramatically um, some things went for better some things a little bit worse but ultimately how it's important to pivot so you're a master of pivoting for anybody that had a chance obviously you're a phenomenal astute as a financial officer and being dealing with looking things and portfolios from financial perspective and how healthy or not healthy organizations are and what they should or should not be doing so do you to share? a little bit, what are you seeing uh, right now as a trend or as something that truly can help people to um, establish that strong footing with these changes?
1: Sure. And Isabella, you used the word pivot, which is a a fairly um, new term, I think, in the way that it's being used today. And, And it's obviously a popular term. When you say pivot, everybody knows what that means. But I've been talking about a a related word that really means the same thing, and it's adaptability. And I've been saying for years that adaptability is the key success trait of the 21st century. And isn't it interesting that in these last two years, we've had to adapt more than ever before in every area of our life, whether we're talking about how we work. So there are so many people who are working remotely and in fact have worked remotely since March or April of 2020, have um, no, um, uh, no set date on the horizon as to when they'll go back into the office. So think about that, that's revolutionary. So for somebody who's 40 or 50 years old, 60 years old, they've been, their entire lives, they've been used to going to the office or going to their workplace and now their their workplace anyway has been turned completely upside down and they've been forced to um, adapt, forced to pivot and have their home, their workplace, which is, you know, creates all kinds of challenges, especially for people who um, aren't set up for that. And I think a lot of people really had to adjust to that in the beginning. So like, hey, I don't really have a place to work. So now I need to... Uh, take the family room and make that my office, or I need to carve out a little uh, corner of the basement and make that my office, or I need to take uh, this place that was my office and I need to bring some equipment from, uh, from work so that I can function just as effectively or, or even more effectively than I did when I was at the office. So that's just one example. Um, but for those people who are working at home, now they're with their spouses, all day long, every day. They're with their children all day long, every day with their pets and their pets have grown accustomed to having them at home rather than uh, being let outside in the morning and then maybe being in a crate or, or being alone at home all day. And then they come home in the evening. So that's just one facet of life where people have had to pivot or had to adapt in, in a very, very dramatic way. And some people have done that really, really effectively. And you know, with the state of mental health in our country and in the world right now, um, some people are really wrestling with that. And again, that's just one example, the workplace. Life has changed in um, just about every way imaginable uh, because of COVID. And now I think people are adjusting to it. They're acclimating to it. They're figuring out how to um, make life work in spite of those changes that are needed. Um, And other people are still trying to to figure that out. But one thing is for sure, it's different. It's here to stay. We're not going to go back to the way it was in 2019. Um, Hopefully things ease up a little bit. Hopefully the the virus eases up and and people aren't getting sick um, to the extent that they have been over the last couple of years. But I know that, that work, life, and life um, has changed in ways that, um, that, that we haven't ever seen before in, in our lifetimes and in ways that, um, that, that won't go back um, for sure, at least not in the foreseeable future.
0: That is such an important aspect. And I'm so glad you shared uh, that because you were spot on, the changes that we need to embrace and we need to just find the peace with that, right? And as you said, a lot of people are wrestling uh, and they're having a hard time, even two years into it to adapt. And, and do you mind sharing what would be some really good solid advice to adapt better? to accept what is, is versus what we really want to, because obviously we can't go backwards. We cannot go what is something used to be. And I feel like either we have a people who live so much in the past and or people who just want to get out of this and live so much in the future that we forget what is happening right now and how to navigate. And we can't escape what is happening right now. So do you mind give a little bit of tangible advice uh, since you have such a great insight on that?
1: Sure, you're right. Um, we we can't escape it. There there is no there's no going back, and we we really don't have control over our circumstances. Victor Frankel, who is a, an Austrian psychiatrist and was a, a, a POW in, in World War II and in a concentration camp, one of the the, the things that he talked about and wrote about was about how even though we don't have control over our circumstances, we always have control over how to react to our circumstances. And when you think about somebody who survived a concentration camp and um, seeing the the horrors of people being killed, seeing the horrors of his own parents being killed and relatives being killed and people around him, seeing people um, just mentally deteriorate and um, and and face such atrocities uh, under those horrific conditions and yet Frankel was able to and it, not only himself but also show others how they always have a choice about how they can react to their circumstances and so i think the first part you know the the serenity serenity prayer says um, give me the what is it the the power to Um, change the things that I can change and accept the things that I can't change. It's a lot easier said than done, but I I think just um, really recognizing that this is here to stay, that it's not something we're not going to wake up one morning and learn that it's been a dream for the last two years. And it's going to go back to the way it was before. So it's not um, resignation per se, but it's just recognition that, that things are different, recognizing that, that the reality that we're faced with today is going to be, like I said earlier, the reality for the foreseeable future. And then we can start to think about: okay, if that's the case, and if this is the the um, if these are the cards that I'm dealt. Then how am I going to play my hand? And, and there's some certainly some things that that people can do around that. I, I think one of the things that uh, people really wrestled with early on was isolation, right? So everybody was told to, to stay in their homes and, and people were for quite a lengthy period of time. Restaurants were closed. Um, if people were used to a, a social life, so um, my wife and I are, are very active socially with friends and we go to concerts and plays and we go out to dinner regularly. And so when you're used to that kind of lifestyle and then everything is completely shut down, um, that's alarming and, and that's a huge change. It's a huge shift. Um, and so it's. I think people really... Um, some people were okay with that. So maybe the the introverts adapted better to that than the extroverts or the people who, who really had busy lifestyles outside the home. Um, b- but that first part, just recognizing that that's the way it's going to be, and then starting to figure out how to adapt. And, and um, one thing that's happened, certainly, as things have opened up, as restaurants have opened up, as... Um, Uh, concerts have started to happen and plays and that sort of thing is people have started to be more social again, and and they've been cooped up for a long time. So um, I remember my wife and I were in Manhattan in December, um, New York, and uh, during the Christmas season is a wonderful, wonderful time. And what I was surprised by was how busy it was, how absolutely packed Manhattan was. It was very difficult to get a restaurant reservation. It was very difficult to even find a place to stay, even though we had planned ahead of time to do that. And the reason for that was people were clamoring to just get out and do something. And so for people who, um, who aren't able to do that yet, um, still, the, that social interaction is so important, and so whether it's calling somebody on the phone, or you know now with uh, with YouTube and with FaceTime, and there are so many ways that we can, can connect with people. Yeah, and we need human connection, right? As human beings, we need to be connected with people. Even introverts who don't get their energy from being with people we need to be with people you know the the studies of babies who who are raised early on and and don't have that nurturing don't have that physical touch in the effect of that well it's the same way with adults and it's the same way with teenagers and young children we all need human interaction so one of the things that we can do is make sure that we still get that connection and some the easiest way to do it is just picking up the phone so it's not email it's not texting it's true human interaction where you get on facetime or get on youtube or um, however you connect with people getting on the phone and hearing somebody's voice that alone i think does wonders in terms of helping people to adapt
0: I think that is a fantastic point, and, and, and you spot on after virtualization for so long, and you're lucky, obviously, you have wife, you live with family members, but a lot of people are single or alone or remote, remote and, and, and then also just virtually interacting, and I'm sure it's, it's really eating up on a lot of people on their performance and their focus as well as obviously overall well-being, as you mentioned, on their mental health. Um, But I love what you published recently, obviously, but your, uh, your latest book is Life Lesson, A Guide to Creating and Living Your Best Life. And it's so interesting right now. It's like, what would you advise given what you portrayed in that book, which I love the title, um how is how is that living the best life translating into the current environment what would you recommend people to focus instead of obviously focus on what we cannot do to focus on things that we can but going a little bit deeper uh so given how well again you know um the pain points what would be some of your recommendations
1: Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed, Isabella, over the last couple of years is there are people who are struggling and there are people who are suffering and there are people who have sort of um, clammed up and, and cowered and feel defeated and feel deflated. And by the way, those are all very natural feelings. And what's happened as a result of that for some people is they've really stagnated. They, they haven't progressed at all over the last couple of years. And the other thing that I've seen, though, is with some people, they've made the decision that in spite of the circumstances, so it goes back to the Frankel quote, in spite of the circumstances that they find themselves in, they've made a decision that they're not going to let the circumstances stop them from achieving whatever it is that they want to achieve. So whether it's um, whether it's business goals, whether it's financial goals, whether it's uh, relationship goals or health or fitness, they've just decided that in spite of the circumstances, they're going to do whatever it takes to be successful. And so that's what I recommend is. is realizing, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, realizing that there are certain things that we're just not going to be able to control. So if the governor in Michigan tomorrow decides that the restaurants are going to be closed down, then we're precluded from dining in restaurants, right? But there are a lot of things that we're not precluded from doing. And so the the people I've seen who have navigated through this storm the best are the people who realize that there are going to be storms. There are people who realize that, that there are going to be negative things that happen in life. And and sometimes they're as big as a pandemic, but usually they're much smaller, like obstacles, just getting in the way things happen. A door closes or, um, something happens in, in life that prevents somebody from accomplishing what it is that they want to achieve in a certain day, but they don't let them stop them. And there are a lot of people in the world right now who have decided that even a global pandemic will not get in the way of them achieving their goals. And so the first part of that is making that decision, right? Deciding that I am going to accomplish whatever I set out to accomplish even in the midst of a global pandemic. And then the second thing is planning for that. So, okay, I've made the decision to do that. There's a joke that says um, there are five frogs on a log and two of them decide to jump off the log. How many are left on the log? (laughs) You know the answer to that?
0: Uh, I'm sorry, how many are just started with? Okay, so there,
1: there, there are five to start. Got it. And two decide to jump off. How many are left on the log? Three. (laughs) No, there are five left on the log because simply making the decision to jump doesn't mean they jumped. They're still on the log. So that's the second part Uh is they actually need to take action. And so there are a lot of people who, who have decided certain things. And by the way, this is true whether we're in the midst of a pandemic or it was true three years ago and five years ago and 10 years ago. And it'll be true 20 years from now that there are people who make decisions to do something, but they, they don't get off the log. And so they don't have a plan for how they're going to do what it is that they've decided to do. And they don't take action. That's the, I, I get asked a lot of times. So um, life lessons is 14, 14, lessons about life. And I maintain that um, this was a book that I wrote originally. I I wanted my kids to read. We have four children and they're all adults now, and and they could speak and write and teach on all 14 of these lessons um, because the the lessons have been instilled in them their entire lives. Um, But I've maintained that these are the lessons that if you practice these success strategies, then you will become successful, whatever the environment is. And, and I get asked, what's the most important one? And it's really hard to, they're all important is the, the answer I give. But if I had to get pinned down to just one thing, what's the one thing that you absolutely have to do in order to be successful? It's to take action. Right. It's wow. not enough to just decide, because if you're that frog on the log and you've decided to jump off, but you never take action, then you're going to be on the log your whole life. And so massive action is really the, the way to create massive success.
0: I love that analogy. And obviously we're listening from success coach who is expert on the success and what amazing upbringing for your four children to be able to not only to have that foundation, because we know how important it is foundation and mindset. Right. Uh, And also believing that if you do or not do certain things, obviously, you know, what drives you, right? Are you going to succeed or not? And I love that you pointed out with the frogs action without action, nothing is occurring, nothing moves forward. And right now we're seeing a lot of people paralyzed in fear. Interestingly, stock market shifted. Interestingly, uh, you know, regulations start limiting, again, travel even more so. Um, a lot of countries are now in a lockdown. So when we start looking on all of the landscape, I see people's anxiety going off the roof. And um, I'm just so glad you changed the script and pointed out in direction of, but what can we still do and and, and what we're able to do that. So if you don't mind giving some additional um, aspects of the keys for the success, you mentioned the 14 amazing lessons and you depict one as obviously action as a pivotal. And I right now can't agree more. But for anyone that are aiming uh, or trying to revisit, or they never really push themselves further than ever before to break those barriers with a fear or a lack of confidence, what would you suggest? Because I see a lot of people fatigued and, and, and paralyzed, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about a couple of my favorite lessons, and the, the book starts out, With uh, sort of philosophically with big. So chapter one, the first lesson is dream big dreams. So I I talk about how if, if we're going to live life, if we're going to go through this thing called life, why not play big? Yeah. Why Why on earth would we want to play small when we are blessed with such an amazing life? And I, I think most of your listeners are are here in the US. They might be around the world. And, and I'll include people around the world too. If you're listening to this podcast, then you are truly blessed because you're up and you're breathing. And you're able to have technology to be able to learn and grow. And I'm a learner. So one of my, my strengths is learning. And that's also one of the lessons, constant and never ending improvement. Um, our, our kids know this term that I use, always learning, always growing. Um, so that's very important to me, but we're all incredibly blessed to have this life. And so I just think that, that since we're here, Let's play big. Um, The second lesson is always believe in yourself. And so again, these are big sort of lofty philosophical concepts. And then what happens through the book is we get very practical. So we have um, success habits, Uh, develop success habits and practice them daily. And I go through 15 key success habits. And a couple of them are, are etiquette habits which I I think we've lost a lot of basic etiquette. And so I throw those in there again. Those were sort of um, for for my kids that I threw those in there, but they include doing things that most people don't do. And so they're really simple ways of demonstrating that you care about people and that you're going the extra mile. I tell my kids, if, if you don't have a strategy for something, just do the exact opposite of what most people in the world are doing, and that's a pretty good start. Um, be, you want to go against the grain of, of society and go against the grain of, of popular thought. And again, just as a general success principle, that's a pretty good one. It, it's a good one in investing. There are a lot of people over the last, so we've seen some market correction, there are a lot of people who have gone in during that market correction, and they're buying. You're probably like that, Isabella. I suspect that you're you're a contrarian, and so when the when the market's crashing, that's when you're buying, and when the market is going through the roof, that's when you're selling, and and that's not a bad strategy. Um, so we talk about success habits, and then toward the end of the book, we sort of go go back and, and get more philosophical and more general and talk about um, r- really the essence of life. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and so one of the lessons is, is make a difference in the world. And so we talk about the, the blessing that we have and with that blessing also comes responsibility. And I think that we're here not only to create success for ourselves, not only to create a great life for ourselves, not only to learn and grow ourselves, but in fact, to impact others, to, to be a value to people, to add value to people and to add value in the world. And, and then the, the last um, lesson, and, and we can come back to talk about the the specifics of any of them I've talked about, or we can talk about a couple more, is to make each day your masterpiece. And and that's really about being intentional. So it goes back to sort of to the beginning of our conversation. And so make the decision to, to play big, make the decision to dream big dreams, make the decision to make a difference in the world. And once we do that, we want to be very, very intentional about how we go about that. So we create a plan for that. We don't just make a decision. We, we make plans around that decision. We think about um, Stephen Covey talks about in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. One of his, his habits is begin with the end in mind. So we think about where it is that we want to go, what the target is, and where we are and then how do we bridge that gap between where we are right now and where do we want to go?
0: Wow, that is so rich and, and you spot on um, because uh, I remember it was easier to carve the pad when things were less complicated or complex, right? What with complexity comes a lot of pieces that we have to take in consideration. And then and, and if we're never experiencing magnitude of change as we're seeing right now, it's kind of hard to feel like, do we even know what to do, right? Uh, and, and, and sometimes we don't even believe or trust that we actually may already have the answer, right? Because depending on foundation and depending on the experiences and risk level and, and places we've been before. Um, but I'm curious, as you were mentioning and sharing all of this, you, you also mentioned, how much it is obviously important to adapt during these current times. And obviously, as a keynote speaker and speaker, a speaker that had a chance to be in the past on so many stages, uh, do you mind sharing uh, parts of some of your keynotes uh, that are so relevant right now, not only what you publish in your book? and in these success criteria, but also ultimately for ones that they saved, like if you already know how to walk, you can adjust to this, right? Uh, but how to rebuild themselves, because I feel like every single one of us I'm rebuilding some parts of us, right? Uh, as, as, as not only we're facing the change, but also dealing with, the, with whatever we're processing internally. What would be some of your advice To hone that and 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 feel and feel like we are on top of that game.
1: Yeah, I have a couple thoughts around that. the The first part is really um, the thought that popped into my head when you were talking was thinking about what it is that you want to be when you grow up. Now, obviously, we're grown up, so maybe the the adaptation of that question is is what do you want to be in the next iteration of your life? Because for a lot of people, you mentioned speaking, the, the speaking, excuse me, the speaking business, the event business, um, businesses like that, <coughs> excuse me, have been turned upside down in the pandemic. So what's happened is for people involved in those businesses, they've had to um, adapt. Um, they've, they've had to pivot. They've had to, in some cases, um, completely reinvent themselves. So for speakers, um, there isn't a lot of live speaking going on right now. Now, there's more today than there was six months ago, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, but there still isn't a lot. And so speakers have have started to create online presentations. We're working on an, on an online course right now that, um, so that's, it, it takes concepts that I've been speaking about and, and this um, particular program is called Living Your Best Year Ever. It's kind of a crazy time to talk about living your best year ever in the midst of a global pandemic, um, but in fact, there are people who are living their best year ever. And so we will talk about why that's happening, how they're doing that, and how the people who go through the course can also do that. And the, the crux of it is really getting very, very clear about where it is that people want to go. So again, it's that beginning with the end in mind. If you think about, so um, we're, we're toward the beginning of the year, we're, we're a month into the, into the new year, 2022. And so when we think about where it is that we want to be at the end of the year, um, we can can map out what that looks like, right? We can get very clear and very specific about what that looks like. And in, in my coaching business, um, my clients tend to be um, small business owners, entrepreneurs, self-employed professionals, and they invariably come to me because they want to work less and make more, right? They want to grow their business. They want to have more free time. And But a, a big part of our coaching is around the concept of life excellence. And, and that's my core philosophy. And what life excellence means is that you're growing and advancing and progressing and achieving and and being successful in not just your business or not just financially, but in every area of life. So for me, health is very important. Physical fitness is very important. Um, relationships are extremely important. They're, they're in fact, the most important things. And it's interesting that That during this COVID time, when I'm talking to people, and so in uh, creating this course, Living Your Best Year Ever, I interviewed 50 successful people, extremely successful people in a variety of areas of life, um, extensive interview, and have a tremendous amount of data around what's important to people. And the surprise is they weren't really talking about business success and they weren't talking about financial success. Now, obviously those things are important on some level, but what they were talking about was more time with their family. And they were talking about health because they had seen people around them who who were experiencing challenges with health or elderly people who um, were were not... um, Aging in a healthy way, they're aging in a way that was deteriorating their bodies. And so those are the things that are important. And so, again, in, in the, the coaching that I do with clients, we look at all of those areas, we look at life holistically and really design the life that you want to live. And so, to get, uh, I am circling back to, to your question. It really starts, Isabella, with designing the life that you want to live and then figuring out how to do that. And so if you reduce it to a, a, a recipe, if, if you like to cook, then, then let's use the recipe metaphor. Um, I sometimes use the blueprint uh, metaphor. I talk about the, the Burj Khalif in, in Dubai, the tallest structure in the world. Can you imagine if that building, if they had tried to build that building without a blueprint, they never could have done it, right? It it would have been disastrous. It never would have worked. And yet, isn't it interesting that that's how a lot of us go through life, that we don't have that blueprint. We don't have that recipe for success. We haven't decided or figured out what we want life to look like, what we want life to be like when we grow up or when we get to the end of the year. And so if we can start by doing that, and, and we have various techniques that we use to walk people through that. So they get crystal clear about what it is specific to, specifically that they want to achieve, not just have better relationships or not just uh, be in, in better health or to feel physically fit. Those are really ambiguous terms, right? And, and we never know if we're achieving that. Whereas if we set specific attainable goals um, that very clearly lay out what we want to look like. And then we design a plan for the achievement of those goals. Then just like baking a cake or cooking dinner with a recipe, we we have all the ingredients and we follow the recipe and we achieve success. We we achieve that vision of what we want life to look like. And people don't have to have all the answers. I, I think that's one of the, the big mistakes that people make is they think, well, geez, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. I, I'm not a, a successful speaker or I, I'm not a, a coach and I, I don't have these tools on how to achieve goals and I, I don't really know how to, how to do that. Well, the good news is that there are ways that we can figure out how to do that. We can look to places for help. We can um, yes. one, one of one the, of the big concepts that I'm talking about and writing about more than any any other topic right now is the the idea of surrounding yourself with success. And um, that happens to be one of the life lessons. But even long before I wrote the book life lessons and and long after everybody's forgotten about the book that concept of surrounding yourself w- with success will remain as one of the great success principles and so for the people watching this podcast or or listening to the podcast right now that's exactly what you're doing you you have um, found out about Isabella, and you know that not only is she successful herself, but she's surrounding herself with successful people in her life, in in the people that she interviews on her podcast, and and in her shows, and that she's learning and she's growing in and growing in areas that um, that are her expertise and her competency already, and also growing in other areas that um, probably you don't know very much about. And so that that's how we learn and that's how we grow. It's not, there's no shame in not knowing about something, but if you don't um, it, it, if you don't make the decision that you're going to go out and learn, and then you don't like that frog, you don't ultimately jump off the log, right? You have to take action. You have to, it's okay to not know exactly where you're going, but you have to move. Um, there's another principle called the the corridor principle. And do, do you know about the corridor principle, Isabel?
0: I don't think I do, please. Okay. And like that. The,
1: the corridor principle, if you imagine a very long hallway or a a long corridor. And at the end of the corridor is a door and that door is the goal. So that's, that's where you think you're going. It's where you visualize going. It's where you want to go. So you've gone through that goal setting process and you're going to um, start to go down that hallway, down that corridor toward the door. And what happens a lot in life is that as you're walking down that hallway, that corridor, the door closes at the end of the hallway. And so people get startled by that, like, oh, geez, the door's closed, right? We've all had doors close on us um, as we pursue our goals. But the interesting thing about the corridor principle is as that door closes at the end of the corridor, there's another door to the right of us that opens, And so we start to go down that corridor and the same thing happens. We keep going, we keep going, we keep going, we try things, we find out what doesn't work. We have doors that close and other doors that open. But the lesson behind that is it's just like the frog jumping off the log. Had we not started to go down that hallway, had we not started to go down the corridor, then those other doors wouldn't have opened. And so it's by taking action and trying things. And, and a lot of the things that we try aren't going to work and that's okay, but we want to keep going, keep going, keep going. I I think about when I was growing up and, um, as a kid in the driveway. And in the summer you'd see ants and you'd see these big ant hills. And uh, of course, as little boys, especially mischievous little boys would go and we'd, we'd dump a glass of water on the ant hill and the the ants would all scatter. And And the interesting thing about the ants is they just keep going, right? You can pour water on the ants and they get splashed all over the place, but they just, they sort of, Uh, maybe they're thrown on their backs and they sort of roll over and they get back on their legs and and they keep going and they keep going and they keep going and they never stop. And the thing is with us, it's the same way. If we keep going and keep going and keep learning and keep growing and keep talking to people and keep finding, talking to people who know more than we do, right? If we're the smartest person in the room, then we're in the wrong room, we should go to a different room. And again, kudos to you, Isabella, and kudos to um, your audience watching and listening to this podcast, because you get this stuff, right. I'm preaching to the, cro- to the choir, you're learning and you're growing, and um, it's no wonder that you're successful.
0: Thank you, Brian. This has been a great share and a lot of, as I call it, golden nuggets and opportunity to really revisit what we're doing right. What can we pivot? What can we adjust? What can we uh, slightly change or change altogether? And I love the concept of corridor because we sometimes think we know exactly where we're going to land and yet they might not be the right door, as you pointed out. So with everything that you've been doing and obviously being the lifelong learner and author and, and speaker and success coach and also helping people from also from financial standpoint to uh, make a better, smarter decisions. Where are you headed in 2020? What do you see that is coming so that others also can look at through your lens and prepare better to, to tackle this year as a true
1: champion? Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about 2022, by the way. And I have no idea what's going to happen to this pandemic. And I'm, I'm not waiting for that, though. So um, this course that we talked about, Living Your Best Year Ever, we're getting ready to launch that in beta form. And then later in the year, we'll be opening that up. So that's one um, big project that we're working on. It's really a culmination of over 30 years of success, the study of success and personal development that's getting rolled into that. Um, the other thing is that I'm working on a book. So I I'm in 2022, I'll be releasing what will be my fifth book. And this is actually a, a goal setting book. I, I won't share the title yet because it's not um, set in stone, but, uh, my, my working title is big dog goals. And it's going to be about how to set big, how to set and achieve big goals, how to play a bigger game, how to expand your thinking about what's possible, and then go out and actually make that happen. So those, those are probably the two biggest things. Um, We're starting a, at least one mastermind group, which will be a a small group of about 10 or 12. Uh, And again, this is really geared toward, um, small business owners, entrepreneurs, self-employed professionals. And the value of that mastermind group, Isabella, is that um, these folks will get in a room together once a quarter, um, four times a year, and it will be like having an advisory board. And these are going to be super smart people that are screened. So you, you can't just... Uh, say that you want to be in and you're in, there's a, a tight screening process, there's an application process. And so the value for the people in that is that they'll have, if the number's 12, then they'll have 11 advisors sitting around the table and they can bring the challenges that they're having, they can share their successes and they can get, they can be celebrated by others. They can get input from others. They can get advice from others about how to take their businesses and their life to the next level. So when you think about surrounding yourself with success, Um, that's something that your listeners can do on their own. If, if you want to put together a group like that, you can come up with your own mastermind group, or even, um, some people just, um, they have what's called accountability partners. And so, because the hardest thing, um, it, it, isn't to make the decision or even to come up with the plan. The hardest thing, as you know, Isabella, is to take action and to follow through. And even for what I call action-oriented super achievers, I mean, sometimes we just get up And we're operating at an eight on a scale of one to 10, right? Not a 15 on a scale of one to 10. And so if you're like that, if you think that accountability would be helpful, then that's something that you could do. If you want to start working out in 2022, then get a buddy and and maybe it's your spouse or maybe it's your friend, or maybe it's somebody that you met on Isabella's podcast and create that accountability structure so that when you, it's different when you tell yourself that you want to do something and then you get up tomorrow morning and you think, oh geez, I didn't get that much sleep or I'm not that well rested and if I don't work out today. That's very different than if you have an accountability partner and you, I, I used to have a friend of mine used to come to my house three days a week at five o'clock in the morning. Can you imagine? And so, and he would run over, he lives a couple miles from my house. And he's a big runner. And so he would run over three times a week. And I just had to make sure the side door was open and the coffee was made. And he would come. And so, if imagine having that structure. And if I didn't get out of bed, then he would be on the side of my bed shaking me and saying, come on, Brian, let's go uh, down in, in your gym and work out. And so that's a great structure that people can create. And you don't have to spend money to do it, right? You just have to have someone who is equally committed, not only to their own success, but also to your success. And even again, back to the mastermind concept, you can certainly do that with a group. It's a little tougher to, to orchestrate with a group of people. And you know that people find lots of excuses and lots of reasons to, um, to, to not do what they say they want to do. But those are structures that people can put in place that can help them to take one area of their lives or every area of their lives to the next level.
0: Excellent points. Wow, you are definitely on the fire. And and I love everybody watching and listening what's possible again to do when you put your mindset when you focus on, on possibilities when you know where you're going. And what are you as a result creating listen to that from book to groups to great uh, actual um, program that's going to be launched and so much more. And with that in mind, uh, before we close for today, which is really going very fast, Brian, do you mind sharing with us? Like you already have established credibility and great legacy, not only in sphere of your family and friends, but obviously in the business. So what what is your aim? What are you hoping to be remembered as, um, as your ultimate legacy. Obviously you have amazing books and definitely I uh, will in a second learn where we can find them beside Amazon. But um, what is your true calling that you still feel like you did not fulfill yet?
1: Yeah, my my true calling is very simple. And, and before I share it with you, just circling back to the last point and something you just mentioned that um, people can find out about all these things at my website. And if it's okay to share that,
0: please, absolutely. Well, it's
1: That's brianbartes.com. That's B R I A N B A R T E S.com. We have lots of free tools. All the things that I've talked about uh, on the show today, you can learn more about on the website. I also have a, a podcast that you can learn about. We, we, I won't go into the details of that. We don't have time to do that, but uh, my podcast is called Life Excellence, and you can find that on YouTube or again on my website at BrianBardis.com. That's B R I A N B A R T E S. Thanks for that, Isabella. In terms of my legacy, it, it's very, very simple. And it's always been simple. I want to add value and make a difference in the world. And now, would I like to do that in, in big ways? Of course I would, right? Everybody would. But what's far more important to me and what's far more achievable for me is, and, and this was really a, a great aha Um, It it was um, just was so wonderful when I learned this years and years ago, that the big stuff will take care of themselves. So maybe this book, Big Dog Goals, will be a, a New York Times bestseller, and I hope it is. Maybe this course, Living Your Best Year Ever, will take off and everybody will participate in it. And you'll, you'll see it on social media and it'll blow up and that would be great if it did. But even if those things don't happen, Isabella, I and each one of us every single day has the opportunity to add value to people and make a difference in the world in small ways and in transactional ways. So you and I are talking today one-on-one. I I hope that in some small way, I've added value to you. And I hope that I've also added value to your audience. Every single day, even in this COVID environment, now some of us are still cooped up in our houses. and, And so with that possible exception, we're interacting with people every day, right? Even if it's on the phone, even if it's uh, on FaceTime or YouTube or, or not um, uh, um, not YouTube on, on Zoom. I think I've said YouTube a, a couple of times earlier and I, I met Zoom. Um, but however we're interacting with people and wherever we're interacting with people and whenever we're interacting with people, Isabella, we have the opportunity to make an impact. And that's what I want to do one-on-one in every transaction, if I can just add value to people when I interact with them, then then I've achieved my legacy.
0: That is brilliant. And I love that because it is all about, uh, as I said, intention uh, to lead with the value and make an impact. And obviously you definitely are doing that incredible job and I cannot wait to see how far and and, and, and what else you accomplish and reach. So we'll definitely circle back down the road, back to you, Brian. But in the meantime, we really wanted to just to thank you for taking time to join us today on the Legacy Leader Show and share some of your golden nuggets and wisdom. And one more time, people, I will have a link out so people can find you at your personal website and get more information about all of your great work, including a lot of these great books that you already published. So Brian, it was absolute pleasure to have you with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Isabella. The pleasure has been mine. You have a wonderful podcast. I enjoy listening to it. And I really, really appreciate you having me on the show today. It's been terrific.
0: Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.